0: Welcome to the Pursuit Friends Church Network of House Churches podcast. I'm the planner and lead pastor, Brian Donahue, and I'm joined by Kristen All, who is the director and pastor of Network Ministries. We're excited to share about what God is doing at Pursuit Friends Church as we build this network of house churches. On this podcast, you'll hear stories of how God is moving and working in our midst, updates and news on our progress. But we really want to focus on sharing what we are walking through from God's Word each week as a church family. So grab a cup of coffee, your Bible, and join Kristen and myself as we share how God is moving at Pursuit Friends Church and as we discuss what we learned from our Bible passage this week. We're glad you're here. Stay tuned. And Welcome to episode 29 of the Pursuit Friends Network podcast. I'm Pastor Brian Donahue. I'm here with Pastor Kristen all once again, and we are excited to be together to share God's Word with you, together with you, listening. And today we're going to be in Chapter 4 of the Book of John. We are currently on a journey as Pursuit Friends Church in the book of John. Both of our house churches are going through this chapter by chapter and uh, just learning about Jesus. Our heart from the beginning, for those of you that might wonder why John, uh, is because we want to get to know Jesus mm. better. We want to fall in love with Jesus again. We, we want to make sure that we're focused on Jesus. Our eyes are fixed on him. Our hearts are fixed on him and uh because man if we're not passionately in love with christ and uh we're not gonna go right Kristen, we're not gonna love people the way we should uh so we're in the book of john and uh we're we're excited you're with us uh and before we jump in Kristen, what's what's happening in your life what's (laughs) what's going on what's god doing what are you and joe doing and jay and
1: what are we doing well uh Let's see, we, you know, I'm looking like we don't have to get the snowblower out, but it was pretty much a blizzard this morning as I yes. looked out my office windows.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't, I, I wasn't going to mention a snowblower at all. Uh, oh, you so say
1: that. I just, is, you I, I just beat you to it. I just beat
0: you to it. I'm down here in this hole, hole in my basement with no windows so I can ignore the weather that's outside but my (laughs) wife and I did go on a lovely walk this morning and uh, experienced some of the snow and it was chilly I was cold we were just in Florida last week uh, for spring break and had a lovely time as a family we did um, the week before that attend Devin's aunt's uh, funeral which was also um, I just gotta say one of the most beautiful Uh, celebrations of life, funeral memorial services I've ever been to in my life. Um, It was just, it was wonderful to celebrate. As we celebrated Connie's life, it was really a celebration of the love of Christ that was so obvious and evident in her life. Uh, It was so challenging and inspiring um, to hear of things. And there's some stories that uh, I get to tell as I officiate the the. Um, oversee the funeral that's going to happen for family and friends here in Ohio uh, here shortly. But uh, there's some stories that are going to be told that are just absolutely incredible and amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's two I want to share real briefly, if I can, Kristen. I kind of asked you what's going on, and now I'm just going uh, to town here. But uh, it's just it was just inspiring. My wife, uh, first and foremost, was so inspiring as she uh, shared from her heart about her uh, beloved aunt and who impacted her life so much and there are two things she got one of the biggest laughs of the morning um, because she talked about her aunt and all the talk that she had in the house uh, but she said my aunt Connie could grab three M&Ms and be done who else do you know, that could ever just take three M&Ms and be done and be good? And she was talking about the fruit of the spirit. And in that instance, self-control. Connie was a woman of great self-control. And uh, also she told the story of uh, their male woman, their male lady, uh, who had the route for quite some time. And Connie would go out, she would have packages delivered all the time because of a ministry she was a part of at their church. But um, Devin went out to this woman after her aunt had passed and told her the news. And she was physically moved, she was crying, but came back around and uh, met Devin again and they cried together. And she said, oh my gosh, Connie impacted me so much, I'm so I'm just absolutely heartbroken that she's gone. Um, and the message of that was, how many of us know our mail carrier by name? And that if we passed, would they stop and cry and take a moment to weep and to mourn the loss of us? <laughs> and You know, um, and it's just how Connie lived. Every day of her life was about other people. And um She impacted so many. I mean she was one I preach it all the time. I did it Sunday, kind of did a sorry, not sorry thing where I talked about, hey, when you go to the grocery store, you may not be going just to feed your own family. Someone else there might need fed from the living waters mm. you know they might they might need they might be thirsty for an eternal drink of water from Christ, you know um and that 's how Connie lives. she knew the names of everybody at the grocery stores, and uh, just, just we had no idea it was that far-reaching, and she, she, every day she impacted people this way. So it was sad, but it was beautiful. It was lovely to see Christ honored and glorified so powerfully, and uh, it really made Devin and me go, hmm, We we might have some work to do. You know, we've got things we can... Do better when it comes to how we relate to everybody around us, and mm. um, you know, especially when we're out and about and we're not in our quote-unquote ministry garments as we're doing church here at Pursuit. You know that that we really put on um, uh, that Christ-like attitude everywhere we go. Yeah. Um, so it was it was good. It was sad, but it was lovely and. We just had wonderful family time. Kristen uh, got a little condo and went to Kennedy Space Center. And uh, fantastic. Go to Kennedy Space Center. Hashtag Kennedy Space Center. And (laughs) uh, just, it was great to get away. And we, we feel refreshed. And then we come back to snow.
1: It's beautiful, it's white reflects the light everywhere
0: yeah I have to I have to be in agreement because of all the spiel I just did about being right like right
1: I'm trying to yes, help you you're I'm, right I, and I need to hear it myself <laughs> need to hear it. Hear, hear
0: <laughs> we are blessed here in Ohio yes. and, and it is blessed. March that's right it's it <laughs> spring though uh, so hey but
1: Joe and I have been out twice in Ohio in our kayaks already this very year Very good. very good so it's all about seizing the moment. We have made a couple of failed attempts when we got out and realized that we're pushing it a little too much. But, hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take it. So yeah. Yes.
0: That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So we are, we are speaking of blessed. We are blessed at Pursuit Friends Church to be going through the book of John. And we're also blessed because this Sunday... Um, which is April the third at 4:30 p.m. Uh, both house churches are coming together for our family reunion slash night of worship at Hartville Church of the Brethren, and uh, we're really excited for this gathering um, as we just get to come together to fellowship together. We get to partake in communion together, extra worship together, and see faces maybe we haven't seen for at least a few weeks. Uh, so you are welcome if you're a listener and you live in the area, um, or maybe you don't live in the area, you want to fly in and just experience one of these, you know, do it. I mean, you're always welcome at Pursuit Absolutely. Friends Church. <laughs> there'll be um, food. <laughs> there'll be, we'll feed you. Um yep. And, and uh, just come join us and, uh, for a time of celebrating God's goodness and grace over our lives and what's happening in our little movement here at Pursuit Friends Church. Uh, and uh, that'll be great. And then Easter Sunday. Uh, we are going to combine together both house churches at the Whitmer House Church location at 10 a.m. for our Easter Sunday service. We are not going to have a meal after that service, but we are going to have donuts. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Donuts make everything better for the most part. Uh, so come except about... Except
1: your waistline. Except everything. your waistline,
0: yeah. <laughs> hey... A little too close to <laughs> That wasn't aimed at <laughs> you. <That> was... <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we're going to have donuts. So come about 20 minutes, 15, 10 minutes early if you want to. Have a donut or two. Have some coffee, OJ, and fellowship before service gets started. And we'll just have a special time together, both house Churches. Anybody is welcome to join us on any Sunday at Whitmer or Deborah House Church. Absolutely. Whitmer meets typically at 10 a.m., uh, and we're in Canton, Ohio, just right near um uh what's the town hartville and uh so we're close to Hartville and canton and then uh the t- I'm just a bucket of nothing of i feel like elmer fudd uh Deborah House Church. Uh, is in the City of Green, and they meet at 6 p.m. on Sunday yes. evenings, and uh, we're blessed to have these two house churches. So, Kristen, you know what I'm going to do, because I think I need a break from talking, because uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting how to talk. Why don't you go ahead and let's dive into Chapter 4. All right, us, let's do Give it. us that intro to Chapter 4, if you would, please.
1: Absolutely, it would be my pleasure. This is one of my favorite passages and uh, I have been waiting to get to this uh, story at the of the woman at the well or the Samaritan woman sometimes we title this passage and uh, one of the things I love about John is how he lingers uh, in these conversations with Jesus like we get these nice extended conversations um, because he has kind of um, cherry picked which stories he's going to focus on and and why he wants to, we get all this narrative back and forth and um, I just eat that up I just love love thinking about the whole story so. Um, that is a very exciting thing and if you've been following us along in chapter three um, we just wrapped up a story of jesus meeting with nicodemus um, and uh, the contrast between nicodemus and what happens with the samaritan woman is really cool nicodemus has a lot of political and cultural and uh, social power as a man as a religious leader and he comes to jesus at night under the cover of darkness to um, ask questions and when we meet the woman at the well she's completely on the opposite end of the um, spectrum in life oh she is a a woman of a um heritage that is considered lower than every other Jew. They were despised. They weren't, they didn't want to speak to them. Uh, She's low socioeconomic. She is a woman, so she doesn't have any real rights in this society. And um, Jesus goes out of his way to go through Samaria. Um, When you get to chapter four, normally the Jews would go the long way around to not go through the bad neighborhood. That's the Christian Kristen J. All uh, version there, just ignored that, you know, Uh, avoid that bad neighborhood. That may have been Uh, a
0: slip to you say Christian at first. I know, I know, and I didn't
1: want to. Thanks for calling me out. I appreciate that. Trying to. (laughs) No,
0: but it might be true though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Jesus, I love this. Instead of going around, he goes right through the bad neighborhood. Um, on purpose. And uh, he sits down at the well and it's hot and he's tired and his disciples go off to find some lunch somewhere. And as he's sitting there at the well, um, this woman who he should treat as invisible, honestly, let's just talk real, right? Like how we treat people um, in her kind of category. And instead of treating her as invisible, Jesus approaches her and asks her to help him. Can you give me a drink? And um, what follows that is just this great discussion between this woman and Jesus. And um, one of the things uh, before we dig into the specifics of the conversation that really stood out to me is just how charged this moment is because Jesus is breaking all of the barriers um, a Jewish man shouldn't speak to a woman, let alone alone in a public place. Um, you know, the other things that are going on that we, that we uh, pointed out. And Jesus is just kind of breaking all of the social rules here. And also it's um, notable that she's there in the hottest, worst part of the day. This is the desert. I don't know if any of you have any desert experience. Uh, when we lived in Texas, we were on the edge of the desert and you don't do anything in the middle of the day like <laughs> you hold up in the coolest place that you could find right and so you know um she's not there in the middle of the day walking through the hot desert carrying a big heavy water jug because this is the best time to do it she's there because this is the time when no one else will be at the well that's that's again my interpretation but you don't go there She's not going there for social reasons. You're not going there because it's the coolest time of the day. Uh, you're going there because you can. I, I, I've <laughs> I've slid into the twenty four seven grocery store in the middle of the night sometimes, knowing you're not going to see anybody. That that's what she's doing <laughs> here. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there, I'll let you get back in, Brian. There, I. Uh, <laughs> well,
0: thank you for that. Was a great introduction to the to the chapter here in the story, and there are a couple of things that stand out to me. Yeah. Um bef- even before we get to the woman. Mm. Okay? And one of them is it, it's it's right in verse 2. It says well it says um you know when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was making and baptizing more disciples than John in this little in parentheses in the um Christian Standard uh Bible. Uh, says, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were. Mm-hmm. Jesus was, even at this early stage, already giving his disciples opportunities to grow and learn and, and, and participate in what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he was teaching them and not just saying, watch me. He was giving them opportunities to be out front. You know? And that I I had never really focused on that at all until reading it this past Sunday. Kristen was Yeah. Oh my god, that's a really I mean it's a small thing they that is thrown in here, but Jesus, it's his time. Right? He's mm-hmm. declaring himself the Messiah. It's his time to shine. Yeah. And yet he's letting his disciples do this work in and it may have been uncomfortable for his disciples, too. They may have been a little intimidated by this or unsure, yeah. like, can we really do this? And then a little bit lower, he does something again with his disciples. It says in verse, uh, I picked the smallest letter Bible good I have, I think. Good job, good. You don't want to make I, this easy, Brian. I, I am wearing my reading glasses, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, or fortunately, depending on my perspective, I guess. Um but it says in verse 7, a woman to Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her. And listen to this. this I didn't catch this until this week again. Uh, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. So it's not just any town. They went into the heart of the city they, pro- they may have never ever stepped foot in before. A city that they their Jewish heritage and their family and friends and leaders have rejected. That's Um, a great point, Brian. Persecuted, you know, um, uh, all around, and Jesus is making his disciples go into this new place for them. Not, they're not just going and they get to hang out with Jesus under his protection and all that stuff. He said, "Now you guys go over there and you meet some people, (laughs) and you know, I'll be over here doing this." So I you know, it's 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 now become one of those things in the Bible where I go, if we get to think like this when we're in heaven and we're with Jesus, is this something I might ask the disciples? What happened when you went into Samaria? Yeah. Who did yeah. you meet? How did that go? Yeah you know? Yeah. Um, and so here it is, Jesus. This is and it goes to what you and I, what what our families have done and everyone really that's a part of pursuit, frankly. Um We've put ourselves in this uncomfortable situation. <laughs> you know, we've said, Lord, yeah. send us. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Oftentimes when God moves in our lives, it's uncomfortable. So I, I was encouraged, and I just, I've never seen it before. Like, Jesus, man, that had to be really stinking uncomfortable for those disciples. Go get food in a town that they've been taught their whole lives that these people are not, you know, I mean, yeah. basically racist towards Yeah. Um, And so I just found that incredible. So that's kind of a side note. That's my first sidebar.
1: No, I love that. And I I love that you use that word, the R word, because that is exactly what's going on here. And Mm -hmm. it's going, you know, that, that kind of, um, dismissive attitude is happening on multiple layers and racism is one of them for sure. And, you know, I think that we can be guilty of not, um, we're not maybe guilty, but but not recognizing it because we're not in this context. But that is exactly what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: I love that. Uh, we can't pass over that. I'm sorry, Kristen. No. Yeah. We just, as Christians, we can't just say, oh, Samaria, they didn't go there much. You know, this was raging racism. Right. And uh, bigotry and mistreatment of a whole people group. Um, And it's sad because we see later on that they... She has definite knowledge of Jacob's well and the history of it. And they worship in the mountains, They, but the Jews say only in the temple, you know. So, I mean, we just in our day and age, we can't pass over this issue. We have to recognize this, and we have to ask the Lord to help us deal with this issue in our own lives. Whatever type of, if it's just racism, if it's bigotry of any kind, if it's hatred towards a certain group or... Um, <clears throat> political party or um, whatever, you know, gender issues. Yeah. I mean, we, we cannot, we cannot pass over this. I mean, we need to learn something from this. So. Absolutely. And
1: I'd just like to extend that a little, Brian, because, you know, as she gets to talking to Jesus, we find out that she's got a really rough life going on, you know. Uh, and he points out that she's had five husbands and who she's living with is not her husband now. And in this culture, she would not have been able to initiate divorce. So she has been discarded over and over and over, either by her husband dying or by leaving her. I mean, she does not have autonomy. And this is exactly the kind of person that we often um, just don't, we treat as subhuman and, and it's heartbreaking when we have the right perspective, that we would treat another person created in God's image like that. And Jesus is willing to value her um, above all of those other pressures that should say that he shouldn't be speaking with her.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I love then, so then I love the fact that Jesus asked her for something to engage her, like, there's something about asking someone for help that kind of opens a dialogue, um, you know, that allows maybe her to offer him something potentially and and kind of creates a connection, you know. But she's pretty right. shocked that he is speaking to her at all.
0: I, I think that that is really an interesting point, Kristen, because, you know, I, I encourage people and I, I do this in my own life. Maybe I need to do it more, though, is, you know. Um, okay, God, give me opportunities when I'm going to this new place or whatever to maybe talk about you. So let's, let's just take it in context of a vacation that I just got back from, you know, we go to the beach for one, one of the days. Um, and so I'm praying on the way, okay, God, let me be open to any conversation that might happen. Um, what my tendency tends to be, especially on vacation though, is, Oh, if someone comes and approaches me, then I'll be open to conversation. Mm. Sometimes I'm not actually thinking. Maybe I need to be waiting for that nudge in my heart from the Holy Spirit that I need Mm. to go initiate a conversation with these people that are standing just 10 feet away from me in the same ocean. You know, (laughs) with kids even, you know, we've got that commonality to start with. Um, And so... Sometimes it's about us initiating, not just praying, hey, God, give me an opportunity. And if someone comes to me, we need to have the mindset, maybe God's going to lead you to someone to start. And that's scary. That's uncomfortable. But I think we'd probably see God move a lot more if we approached it with that idea and prayed about it in that idea, just like Jesus does here. He could have sat there, let the woman do her thing and... Moved, waited for his disciples, but he speaks up and he speaks right to her heart of the issue, right? I mean, I mean, right away he goes right to where he knows she needs to go, which is a thirst she has in life for mm. fulfillment, for acceptance. Mm. Um, And so I just, I, that's it's stinking fantastic.
1: It is. And you know what I love about this, Brian, um, is that there's no miracle here. <laughs> Like, we're going to see, and I'm sure most people are familiar with this story, like she has a complete life change. And it is not because God miraculously gives her a never empty water bottle or something. It is because (laughs) he knows her. She says he knew everything about me. And that aspect of being seen and known is so powerful that she changes her whole life. And that's just what you're talking about, right? Is recognizing the the souls around us as as people and um, and meeting them. And you know, I, the other thing that I love about this too is that Jesus, the shame, the shame, the role that shame is playing in this. You know, she definitely is hiding out, in my opinion, um, by being there in the middle of the day at this well. And Jesus recognizes that and ministers to her at that point, like I'm talking to you and it's not because I don't know what you've done or what's happened to you. I am talking to you. I see you fully and I'm still here engaging with you. Um, and that really gets her attention.
0: And and this should give hope to everyday Christians too, because as much as we might read into this um, and we get, we get held up on, you know, the fact that Jesus um very gently confronts her about, you know, go get your husband and she says, Oh, I don't have a husband and he's like, You're correct. You're with the man you are with now is not your husband. Um, sometimes we read into that um and we're like, Ugh, you know, we, we kinda we kinda do our Christian uh you know, I mean this woman really needed Jesus. But what we don't look at is that she does have a knowledge of where she desires to worship God. And she knows that the Messiah is coming. She even says to him, if I hope I'm not jumping ahead too too go right ahead. Yeah, no, in verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. She's anticipating Jesus. Yeah, and she's a Samaritan. She's an outcast from the Jewish people. She has experienced racism and rejection, even just beyond the people group, but in her own life, like you pointed out too, and yet her eyes—she's looking for the Messiah. What if we had that mentality more, Kristen, instead of ah, oh, filthy sinners? You know or instead of focusing on the darkness and almost praying that Jesus just comes back to take us out of the darkness what if we saw the god-shaped hole in everybody's heart and said man I wonder if I wonder if what if the seed I plant today in this person's life by showing them the love of Christ and serving them and helping them in some way just acknowledging that they exist like Jesus does to this woman what if that could turn everything around and they could finally feel like that's the connection point they're going to get with God Mm -hmm. to where they can connect with God and with Jesus, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I could go on with that, but. No,
1: I think that's good, Brian. I think that's good. I, I will. The only thing that I, the only other comment I would have on that section is that um I wonder if we are reading, when we read Jesus' words about go back and get your husband, culturally, if we're reading that correctly. You know, in our culture, women have the power to leave their husbands. Um, But in her culture, I'm not sure she would have. And I I felt like what I've read this before, I read it from a Western eyes kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And this time reading it, I'm like, I'm not so sure that we're reading that. I think you could make a good argument that she is a uh, spurned, rejected woman, Mm. not a a sinful woman. I Mm. mean, in that sense, you know what I mean? Like it's that it's um, and, and it does, I don't know that it's uh, material other than um, it does change the picture a little bit, you
0: know? Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. And, and and we, you know, we could go back and forth on that and it's, it's not worth, you know, getting in an argument over because you and I argue so very much about, sort of, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I just, I think it speaks. Uh, you just take that, the fact that she's a woman and that she's a Samaritan alone. Right. Jesus is breaking some rules here. Right. Um, and we're seeing him push through some boundaries. And because he cares about the one. Right. He cares about going after individuals. Yes. Especially those that are hungry for him, like this woman is, yeah, and yeah. I just love that i th- I think that's so very powerful and inspirational to me, like I'm so grateful Jesus came after me, yeah, you know yeah, right I, mean, I think we're all in a sense we, we ought to relate to this woman
1: <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. Where, wherever that shame came from, whether being victimized or out of your own volition. And, you know, in my life, those things are often mixed together. <laughs> Just being honest, you know. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Jesus meets it. us there, right? Yes. He absolutely yes. meets us there. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I love how he, um, and we kind of touched on this, but I want to touch on it again, how he, I think part of seeing people as they are, created in god's image is acknowledging that they have things to share no matter what their station or their background or how they're seen and i think that um by jesus asking her to share what she can which is to give him a drink of water there's something in that that acknowledges her personhood than if he had just initiated the conversation mm-hmm. um, and I, you know i often think that we dishonor people when we assume that they don't have anything to offer us or teach us or and we own we all it kind of puts us in the power position if i'm always the giver then i get to be the strong capable one with all the answers and the knowledge and doesn't that feel great (laughs) instead of allowing someone and we're, we're built to be a body we're supposed to have that give and take with each other and um i think that's something he's demonstrating here
0: oh absolutely Absolutely, and then I, I I love as he. There's a lot to love about this. So you guys are going to yes, hear me say I love. Yes, I told you this
1: was <laughs> my favorite. You know.
0: <laughs> we we it, it goes it goes on here in verse 27. Then Jesus then just then, so she, he reveals that I am the Christ. I'm the one speaking to you. Am He? I'm I'm Jesus. I'm the one you're looking for. Um. And he says some cool things about worship above that, too. Um, And so check that out in verses 21 through 24. But his disciples arrive, and they were amazed. One translation says astonished um, (laughs) that he was talking with this woman. Yet no one said, what do you want? Why are you talking with her? And then this, this is really cool. She leaves her water jar. That makes no sense. <laughs> she leaves her water. Why does she leave her water jar? She doesn't forget it. That's a part of her daily routine. She knows very well. She she went there for water because she needs water.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, there's no reason that she would leave that water jar sit there except that Jesus filled her up so much that what she needed spiritually, what she needed mentally and emotionally in her heart was in one moment filled up to the brim and probably overflowing pouring out Um, and she leaves the physical manifestation an empty jar there and runs into a town with who where the men have been rejecting her where she has no rights where she is you know discarded she had been
1: avoiding by going to the well at noon
0: yes and she goes into this town and she says come and see a man who told me everything i ever did so that's another thing you know we don't get the whole conversation here
1: right exactly jesus told
0: her everything i ever did could this be the messiah they left the town and made their way to him yeah Uh, speechless yeah the transformation is incredible yes and the impact of jesus and and it's not just the words he says it's the love he shares the fact that he spoke to this woman the fact that he took time to talk about her life which is in between the lines he told me everything i ever did they were there for a little while folks (laughs) <laughs> you know, the disciples were lingering, they were nervous, mm-hmm. they were wondering which shop they should walk into, you know, to get food, you know, um, and they finally come and this is what's going down. This is the goodness of God right here. Yeah. It's the goodness of God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I just love, um, nothing in her life has changed, but she's completely different. Right. none of the circumstances are changed Mm. it's almost like i preached a retreat on this one time Um, (laughs) nothing (laughs) nothing you know none of her background none of what's happened to her nothing is healed no money is found no change in status but but jesus has met her and that life that he has given to her that he compares to water that will never dry out so that Mm -hmm. she can try to get some kind of grasp on the spiritual reality has completely transformed this woman um, in the midst of everything else that's going on.
0: It's And it's made her brave.
1: Uh, It's unbelievable.
0: Uh, And this is the story we see around the world, Kristen. I think I've shared it before, but, our Muslim brothers and sisters, our our friends that love God, that are trying to seek God, when they when they get a hold of a Bible and they actually read it, it transforms their lives. Mm-hmm. They receive dreams and visions and their natural response, they I mean the way they tell the story, they almost have no choice because God says, Jesus says, Go and preach the gospel. Go and make disciples, yeah. go and do these things and hear this woman. She, you know, Jesus tells her about him. You know, they have this long conversation, but what does she do? She goes because she's re- reborn, you know, but she's she's got refreshment. She's filled with with Christ's love and here is the Messiah and it makes her brave and she goes to a scary place for her. And talks to men who are who their natural response would be. The only reason Kristen those men came, it wasn't just because she said, "Could this be the Messiah?" They came because they said, "You look different." Yeah. You, you're not the same. Right. You speak differently. You've got a. You've got a spark in your eye you've there you're you're walking taller your shoulders are you know your heads up you're high. making We're, eye contact right, right? I, you're I not mean, yeah uh, right i mean it, it just because i mean you know how many times did somebody come to different towns and villages probably and say hey this, this person is a messiah like yeah right whatever you know <laughs> these right. men saw a change in this woman right right and they said let's go check it out
1: It's amazing. And um, one of the things that's striking me right now that I loved um, in the little introduction, I was reminding everybody that we were just talking to Nicodemus and Nicodemus should, he had all of the Bible background, all of the training, all of the Jewish history where he should have seen that Jesus was the Messiah. And he has this conversation with Jesus and he just sort of disappears. And we wonder if it had any on Nicodemus. And this Samaritan woman now, who, for all of the reasons we've noted, should should not even have this conversation with Jesus, uh, let alone um, um, have a role, ends up being the one that goes to the town and wins the entire town for Jesus. I just love the contrast like that that John is laying out here like yeah. like we don't miss Jesus is what he's kind of saying right like, like it's not just about studying a bunch of uh, a bunch of scripture to for the scripture's sake you have to know who authored it you have to want to meet the living God in the midst of the scripture. And this woman who's got very little knowledge a little full some little scraps right she actually meets Jesus. Nicodemus you wonder you know like he he he's off the stage so mm. i i just love that comparison of of the two yes. figures
0: yeah. and, and there's there's a phrase in here too uh or a sentence that jesus speaks to his disciples and i i love it because it, from our western perspective it's it smacks of sarcasm, but maybe it doesn't. Yeah. Right. But he says, open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. Mm -hmm. We need to open our eyes. Christians. There are people out there that need Jesus that are ready to receive him. Mm -hmm. They may not know his name. They might, they might not know what he's done, what he said he's going to do. But they need Jesus, and the fields are ready. They're ripe for harvest. The problem is not that the field is not ripe for harvest. The problem is we're too afraid to go into the field because sometimes the field means our own Samaria. Exactly. Sometimes it means we put we take great risks. Sometimes it means... Uh, being just simply being uncomfortable.
1: Right. Being and worried so we that we don't, you're to be the yeah. fool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We don't
0: ever go. We don't yeah. ever take the risk. And here Jesus is saying emphatically to his disciples, open your eyes and look. And he's telling them that it's ripe right here in Samaria, the place you rejected, the place you hate, the place you don't want to go. The place they were just in buying food. Right. The disciples. <laughs> Jesus' disciples were just in that
1: town. <laughs> Talking to all these people, and this woman comes from the outside in, yes. and they're all running out to see Jesus, not because yep. the disciples were there. Oh, I'm not good. giving them a hard time, but I'm just oh, saying. Oh, it's a
0: little too close to home. I know, uh, I know.
1: I'm just saying, though. You like, amen. Jesus... you better say ouch. <laughs> you know, Jesus has got to be like, "What were you guys? What do you think your job really was when you yeah. went in there to get food?"
0: Yeah. What? And then what happens, Kristen? Yeah. <laughs> As a result, what does I love. Yes. Read read verse 39 for me. Yeah, 39. Many,
1: Many of the Samaritans for that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did.
0: Okay. Did you catch that? Her testimony, a woman's testimony was powerful enough to draw Presumably most of the townsmen out to see Jesus, mm-hmm. to see the Messiah, and many of them believed. It doesn't say all, but many of them believed because of her testimony, mm-hmm. testifying about what Jesus had done for him. And then here here's the another amazing thing. And again, I didn't I've never focused on this until this week, Kristen. Yeah. They asked Jesus to stay.
2: Isn't
1: that amazing? I love that. They so beautiful. Out. Yeah. And he does. He doesn't say, I'm sorry, I'm saving the whole world. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta move it on. You'll have to figure the rest of this out, right? He stays there with them. Um and the um,
0: disciples stay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. And I love I love the process in this, Brian, and that's part of that process. Like even going back to when Jesus talks about the fields being ripe with harvest. He talks about in verse 38, others have done the hard work. And, yes. and I love that verse because sometimes um, we are called to do hard work, which means loving people who don't want anything to do with Jesus and their hearts are like concrete. And you think, I don't know what it matters. They're never going to, you know, it, it sometimes we are called to do hard work of sowing seeds that we're never going to see or loving on people. And but as we follow the process, right? The woman shares that Jesus comes and he hangs out with them. Then they say, I love this in 42. They say to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Yeah. Right. Our job is to like plant the seeds, break the concrete up, point people to Jesus. And that and that is it's so amazing to me how once they she does the pointing jesus takes it from there sort of and they are convinced for themselves at that point
0: yeah talk like jesus point people to jesus but you better live like jesus Mm -hmm. you know i mean again this woman was transformed right and the power of that transformation along with her testimony Helped to save many of the men and presumably families and other people yes, in this town as certainly. well. certainly,
1: yeah, right. And
0: it, because Jesus went somewhere he wasn't supposed to go, that wasn't safe. Um, a whole town, a, a lot, a, a lot of people in this town. I guess I shouldn't say the whole town
1: mm-hmm.
0: are saved. Yeah. And they have new hope and their eyes are fixed on Jesus now and they're transformed and the disciples are transformed, at least in some way. It doesn't talk Absolutely. about it here, but they have to be impacted by what they have witnessed and the great lesson jesus is teaching them here
1: yeah yeah i love their learning process because you see them over over the course of john you know um they're all in but they don't really know what that means (laughs) just like i feel a lot of the time right and and even like i love their response when they come back and they find jesus doing this shocking dangerous thing of being alone talking to a woman they have questions but they have come far enough that they keep them to themselves right like they're like okay we do wonder what's going God, but right. we, we our trust level is built up to the point where we don't need to say those out loud we, we're just gonna go with this you know mm-hmm. and um, no doubt they are watching and learning and seeing what's going on yeah can you imagine uh, that how that felt for them to see that whole town respond to this right. woman's testimony i, it's I just,
0: just yeah it just strikes me too like at the beginning <laughs> or, or towards the beginning when they come back and they see jesus with this woman that says they were um astonished I bet they were astonished at the other end of this mm-hmm. at what Jesus' plan was. Yeah. And I bet their faith was building yeah. so incredibly that hey, we, we we thought he was crazy for going into Samaria. We right. were we already rearranged our schedules to take an extra couple of days to go around this place. Right. Uh, you know, imagine their faith being sustained. Or growing because now they say, okay, when Jesus wants to do something crazy, we better we better just strap in. We better go along because we're along for the ride, and it's going to be incredible. Yeah. And I, I wonder how what would happen if when something happens in our lives that may be out of the blue, unforeseen circumstances, out of our control, and, and we view as negative, as hard, as as maybe even tragic what if we want you know we go through the human responses and emotions right. of course right but what if one of our first responses is okay god i'm buckled up because you're going to do this is not this is not just so that i go through pain this is so i learn something this is so you can be glorified this is so miracles can happen around me this is so i can shine mm-hmm. your light brighter through these hard circumstances don't let me miss the samaria don't mm-hmm. let me miss this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Let me shine. And so his disciples at first were like you crazy Jesus for going here. But afterwards they were probably gone. They were probably high-fiving each other all the way out of the city. Right. That was incredible. was the most amazing thing, you know, like just like wow Jesus, you know, and this is what we have to look forward to everywhere we go or a lot of the time, you know, like mm-hmm. Jesus, this is, we, we get to see you change, not just individual lives, but whole cities. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And man, I just, I love that this is a woman. I think this is more powerful. This is more glory for God when you think about it culturally. Yes. Um, But uh, Jesus chose to break that mold. He chose to break that cultural divide that that thing that was what was proper back in the day. He Mm -hmm. said, no, I'm going to use this woman because she's hungry. And she's going to go tell those men. (laughs) Powerful.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: It's amazing. Then this this chapter kind of um, ends. They they enter back into Galilee, it says, um, in verse... 43 oh, 43 thank you it's yeah. so small yeah. i need to bring it closer to my <laughs> glasses here i'll get uh, you a giant print for next the, time right i have plenty of bibles that are giant print i just <laughs> for some reason when we started the pocket i'm like i'm gonna grab this one because uh, it's light um but right next time it's I'm convenient bringing, how
1: small it is i'm bringing
0: right? <laughs> right i'm bringing my big bible so i don't have to do this again <laughs> Uh, but they go back into Cana of Galilee, which is where we know in verse 46, he, he Jesus had turned water into wine. Um, and there was an official there from Capernaum, uh, whose son was ill at Capernaum. And he says, I need Jesus. I need you to come heal my son. He's dying. And Jesus responds in 48. He says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Mm-hmm. Okay and then he says in verse 49 sir the official said to him come down before my boy dies he's desperate not unlike the samaritan woman he's desperate for a move of god yeah. he's hungry for jesus to do something mm-hmm. and to show up and jesus says go your son will live and this is very important it's not just what jesus did that's important you know don't just cling to jesus saying your son will live. Wow, Jesus did another miracle here. Listen to, what, listen to what it says about the man. It says the man believed what Jesus said to him and departed.
1: Brian, can you imagine your child is so sick that you have traveled a great distance, 80 miles or whatever it is, away from your sick child on the off chance that maybe somebody can do something about it and when they they say oh just go back what i mean what the dilemma that guy must have been in at that moment like Mm -hmm. do i beg him to come with me do i trust him but if i trust him i'm walking away from him like he's the source here can i i I just it's just a human such a human moment there that he must have been um responding to
0: we're not talking about he jumped in the car and drove an hour. Right. We're talking right. about probably a two-day journey. Right. I think roughly. And, you know, maybe he had a horse and carriage. Maybe he had a donkey, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, you know, uh, I, we don't know. But uh, we're talking it, it was going to take him some time to get there. And it's going to take him more time to get back. But because of his belief, he believed that Jesus said... That what, he, what would happen would be true. While he was still going down, his servants met him. And saying that the boy was alive. And he asked them at what time, in verse 52, he got better. Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him, they answered. And the father realized this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, Your son will live. So he himself believed along with his whole household. And this was also the second sign Jesus performed in after, after he came from Judea to Galilee. And I love that, Kristen. Right when Jesus said, your son will live, he figured, the guy figured it out. Hey, right when Jesus said that, that's the same hour my boy was made new again. Mm-hmm. And so not only did this hungry man, this desperate man, receive the miracle of his son living, that miracle and that experience and encounter with Jesus turned into total transformation not just for himself but for his whole household which yeah. i believe also means all the slaves everybody was impacted
1: mm-hmm.
0: by this experience and the man took his his newfound faith and his belief back with him into that household and everyone believed because they saw the evidence, and they saw the transformation in the man's life, and then you know obviously the boy lived that he was going to yeah. die. Yeah,
1: yeah. And well, so, it...
0: so the I'm sorry, just real quick, the okay. the, um, the natural response to someone who has been transformed by the saving grace of Jesus Christ is that you tell others. It's that you live and it's your transformation is so obvious. You tell others and probably people ask what's going on with you, you know, and it spreads and you become a disciple maker. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. what we see time and time again here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that it spreads and it doesn't just affect that individual. It spreads to a larger group of people in their realm of influence. And that's how we live our lives every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and uh, this is true uh, across the board. Is what we see happening over and over. Jesus breaks in; he breaks the expectations, um, and then people get to decide what. How <laughs> yeah. are they How are they gonna explain this? You know, um, in in the past, they were familiar with people who could lay hands on. And heal, but nobody could heal from two days away. Like, that's not how it works. So, you know, that's just not so God is, so Jesus is like, I'm gonna like do that. an even bigger God thing. Like, I don't even need to be in the same town, I don't need to see the boy, I don't need to touch him. And and that man, when he when he finds out that it's the same time, though, he gets to decide: Am I gonna say that's a coincidence? I'm yes. just relieved. Yes. Or am I gonna say no, my categories are broken. This really is the Messiah. Yeah. And we see people respond in both ways. Um, and that's that step of faith. It doesn't mean that it's, it's um, unfounded or unthought out, but there does come a point when you have to say, is this the divine God, man, Jesus, or am I going to find another explanation and miss what he's really offering me, which is the relationship, you know?
0: That's good. That's good. Are you hungry today? <laughs> I'm talking to the listeners, Kristen. I know you are. <laughs> are are you hungry today as you listen to this podcast? Are you thirsting for more of God? You know, it's it's oftentimes we overcomplicate what it is to approach God. Overcomplicate and make it way too difficult to really feel like we're capturing his heart in in a sense. And today I just want to encourage you as we close out this episode that it just takes hunger and thirst. It takes a desire, desperation to know more about God. It's 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 about more than head knowledge. The head knowledge piece is really important. We have to know the word of God because it's our it's our balance it's it's how we know what's right or wrong and 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 what's really from God and what's false what's counterfeit what's anti Jesus. And so we need to be careful. We need to make sure we're measuring things against God's word, but we also need to understand that Jesus people experienced Christ. They didn't just hear him give his Here's how, why I am the fulfillment of everything in the Old Testament. The Jews, the leaders, the intelligent so-called people of his day rejected him even after he did that. Head knowledge isn't enough, folks. It's got to be a life transformating, transformating, transformational thing. You've got to fall in love with Jesus. I don't know how else to put it. You've got to surrender totally wholly to him. And if you do that, I guarantee you, God will meet you right where you're at. He's not asking you to get your life in order. He's not asking you to look all spiffy and go to a church down the road and walk in and dress and talk just like them and have a certain amount of knowledge. He's, he's saying, come as you are today. And actually, I'm seeking you out too. I'm going to come to your well wherever you are. And I'm going to sit down, I'm going to wait for you, and I'm going to call your name. And I'm going to change your life forever. So, give your life to Christ. Maybe you just need refresh today. Maybe you um, just need a healing of some kind. I believe God can heal you right now as you're listening to this podcast, actually. We've experienced some amazing stories of healing and restoration in our church just the past couple weeks that we're learning about how God is physically healing people. He's emotionally healing people, mentally healing people, restoring relationships, restoring hope. Jesus still does miraculous works in the lives of people who are hungry enough to call out to him and say, I need more of you. So don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Cry out to Jesus right now wherever you are, and I just believe with all my heart he's going to heal you. Whatever infirmity you have, whatever sickness you have, whatever heartache you have, whatever pain you have, I believe Jesus can heal you. And he can make all things like new again in your life, no matter what it is. He's bigger. We'll catch you guys next time again as Kristen and I gather together uh, on Zoom. Maybe we'll do it in person next time, Kristen. I don't know, but uh, it's just such a great joy to do this and to talk with you folks. Thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. Um, It's just a privilege to be the pastor of Pursuit Friends Church and uh, to work with other pastors like Kristen, other leaders like Aaron Bunnell, uh, and everyone that's a part of our church. Um, just a joy, just a joy to be a part of this community and this family of house churches. If you'd like to join us, you can join Whitmer House Church Sundays at 10 a.m. We do have child care, or shall, I, I need to not say child care, but we have kids' discipleship. Kristen's looking at me like I have committed the mortal sin of Pursuit Friends Church. We have <laughs> We have kids' discipleship. Uh, and we have, we have the best teachers hands down.
1: We do. That's why I have to give you the stink eye. Right, right. (laughs)
0: They're not just watching our kids. They are preparing and, um, preparing their hearts and lessons and all sorts of amazing things for our kids as they're down in our basement, having fellowship and building Mm -hmm. community and learning about the word of God. It's, I'm amazed how often my kids talk about what they're learning in, in these kids' discipleship times, Kristen. It's really a blessing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have lunch every uh, Sunday, too, except for Easter, don't forget. We're going doing donuts beforehand. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then Deborah House Church, uh, as they have dinner on Saturday nights at 6 yes. o'clock and worship and have their Bible study discussion. You are most welcome, and we have room for you at Pursuit Friends Church network of house churches we would love for you to get in contact with us brian at pursuit friends church.org or i'm sorry pursuit friends.org Kristen at pursuit friends.org and you can catch us on facebook instagram uh in our website as well if you'd like to donate to pursuit friends visit us at pursuit org slash give and uh be a part of the work that god is doing here and uh be praying for us as we seek to make disciples and launch new leaders into new communities um, as we build the kingdom of God through this network of house God bless you guys. Catch you next time.
2: Does anybody here wanna be alone? Does anybody wanna try to make it on their own? The way you used to blow it didn't work before. Not gonna work now. No, no, no. Does anybody wanna be a millionaire? I plane to fly around in the air You be right around like you just don't care Don't despair you don't care you don't care Round, just like the ground below and Then again, they might walk out the door Does anybody want to find a fair way? wait? Does anybody want to get down on the knees and free? Does anybody want to see a brighter Does anybody, does anybody Does anybody know that you can't anymore? Does anybody know what he did on the cross for my soul? Does anybody care that he died for you? Anybody Does anybody know? 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 Does anybody else wanna be the big hero? Does anybody wanna stand up when the odds are low? Even even when your friends say no, you're in live now. You better roll roll roll. Does anybody wanna soar to of the highest heights? You better open the door and turn back on the lights. If you want much more. You gotta lose that pride, that Jesus Life. Does anybody know that to be alive anymore? Does anybody know what he did on the cross for my soul? Does anybody care that he died for you and me, the man that we don't know? Does anybody, anybody know? Does anybody know? I didn't care that he died for you